Does so, he think that you're his mummy or yeah. are you more like a business partner? <laughs> like, what is the arrangement between you? <laughs> you know, some of them, they are just like, they love their owners and some they're just tolerating. <laughs> this week on Walking the Dog, I travel to West Yorkshire to take Raymond for a walk with comedian, actor, writer and star of the utterly brilliant Meet the Richardsons, Lucy Beaumont. Lucy is so ready to bring a dog into her household, I can just feel it. And to be fair, Raymond really gave it the big sell. The guy threw everything at it. We took a stroll in some picturesque woods in Lucy's neighbourhood and chatted about Lucy's childhood, growing up with a single mum, how she broke into acting and stand-up comedy, and being set up with her husband, comedian John Richardson, by their mutual friend, Rasheen Conaty. We also talked about raising her daughter, Elsie, and her new book about parenting, which is out this week, Drinking Custard, Diary of a Confused Mum, which is a very funny, honest look at the ups and downs of parenting, and I absolutely loved it. Lucy's got this very gentle, calm energy. She's one of those people you can't ever imagine being angry at. Stop laughing, John Richardson. She's also utterly hilarious. So basically, Raymond and I are planning on moving in with her, so if you could maybe let John know if you run into him... I loved my walk with Lucy, and I hope you do too. Do check out her brilliant book, Drinking Custard, Diary of a Confused Mum, and please remember to rate, review and subscribe. I'll shut up now and hand over to the woman herself. Here's Lucy and Raymond. Now, what do I need? I'll take Raymond's treats. I've got these, Lucy. Look at his expectant face. That's John I'm talking about. Right, we've got everything. Oh, look at his little eyes. I've got the poo bags. Does it look a bit like um, Kettle? <laughs> <laughs> a nation of weights. He reminds me of somebody. I can't. It'll come to me. I'm going to leave in case it's me. John, can I ask, what do you think of my dog? I love your dog. I'm concerned we're going to have one similar in about two or three days. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, do you like him? I hope the dog is really badly behaved. <laughs> Because we've had a lot of arguments about getting a dog, and I want one, but not yet. He's one of them who wants to wait till the right time. Oh, don't you hate that? Well, there's never going to be a right time. Exactly, Lucy. You tell him. Very long hair, isn't it? It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like human long hair. Yeah. We have an issue with plug blockages, as it is. (laughs) It's got natural ombre. Do you look at that, John, and think the practical issues of that hair is worrying me? It's not so much that. I think it's almost too docile a dog. I think you'd forget oh, it was there. I see. This is the problem. He looks at everything and worries about the practicality of it. That's the thing. Every, everything is a bed and life. Well, this is true, isn't it? You haven't seen him in action yet. Right. Could he do something? Go on then, Ray. Could he do something? Okay. Show Ray. me your exuberance. I showed John. Ah, come on, come on. See? Okay. Can you see some exuberance? You see, what I find is if you want the exuberance, you you give it to him and then he gives it back. I see. So, so if you'd have, if you'd have gone, come on, come on, show us how you do. I need a dog. Bye. Say again. Good luck. You, bye, John. Stay safe. Oh, we will. <laughs> Come on, Lucy. Come on, Raymond. We're going out with Lucy. It's uh, it's doggy heaven in the woods. Shall I shut the door, Lucy? Oh yeah, please. Then. Bye, John. I can, I can take you to Ecclesaw Woods. It's about a twenty-minute walk to the woods. And then it's about yeah. a 25-minute walk back again. Lovely. Is that about right? That sounds great. Oh, Raymond, who's that dog? That's your neighbour's dog, Lucy, isn't it? Yeah, two of them, yeah. Gosh, it's a lovely day. So have you come up from London? Is that where you are? You'd, oh, thank you for coming all this way. Oh, such a treat and it's so beautiful here. Yeah, it's... This is stunning, isn't it? Whereabouts are you in London? So I'm in North London. Oh yeah. Such a cliche. But in fairness to me, Lucy, I did grow up there. Where, whereabouts? So I grew up in Highgate. Oh yeah, that's uh, all the, that's where I know. My, my dad grew up Muswell Hill 
and then my nana moved to Southgate, uh, you know, later life, and, and I lived uh, East Finchley for eight years. Oh, you know. Yeah. Sorry, Raymond's stopping Lucy, he does this. Uh, he, likes, he likes that lamppost. He's got very good energy for this place, I can tell he's happy here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he does. It's, everyone's got a dog around here. Really? Everybody, yeah, you sort of, the dog in the window, look. It is like, it's like... That was really sweet. Did you see that? Wait, there was a man going past and it was... You know, the classic, I think it was a Border Terrier with the head sticking out of the window. Window, yeah. I love that sight. It's a very British sight, that, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's joyful, isn't it? When they've got their ears flapping. <laughs> Eddie Izzard used to have a sketch about, I think, I don't know, dog in a car or dog in a speedboat with its ears flapping in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to introduce you now. I'm so thrilled to be here. It's a beautiful sunny day and I've just turned up at the home of someone I adore and think is so incredibly funny and talented. And I've just read her brilliant book, which we're going to be talking about. I'm with the very wonderful Lucy Beaumont, and we're in West Yorkshire. Is that good enough? Is that a good enough description? Yeah, definitely. I think so. Yeah. And I just kicked the bin. But that's not because I don't like it, because it's gorgeous around here. Yeah, it is. It's 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 lovely. We've 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 just moved here uh, in January, and we're and we're really happy. Yeah, and it's quiet and leafy, and yeah, it's lovely. And we're still just across here. We're still close to family and friends, and feel northern, <laughs> you know. But um, but yeah, it's yeah. It's fab, it's fab. We, me and John g didn't grow up, you know, we, we're from single parents and we both had quite humble beginnings, really. So I think we both don't take it for granted, really, that we've, we managed to live, you know, live somewhere, yeah, safe. Because a lot of people don't necessarily have that luxury, do they? To live yeah. somewhere they really like. and. Yeah and feel comfortable in. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, we're doing all right. <laughs> can't complain, really. <laughs> I mean, oh. I can. <laughs> <laughs> and we should say, you refer to John, and that's of course your husband, John Richardson. And we're gonna talk as well about your brilliant show, Meet the Richardsons, which I'm absolutely addicted to. Oh, do you like it? Oh, it's so much. Oh, good. We'll talk about that and your book, but I wanted to get, we should talk about dogs. So. Yeah. I'm here today, I've brought my dog Raymond with me and I sort of feel it's sort of a, a test run really because you don't have a dog but I'm already getting the impression that you're quite keen on dogs. Yeah, I really, really, I've never had a dog. I've always wanted one as a kid and I've never had one and I don't really, I've never really spent time with dogs. <laughs> I oh, but I just, I think, if I'm honest, I want a baby. I want a fairy baby that won't ever grow up and answer back. I just want something to adore me. To be, you know, when they're excited when you get in. And a, and a travel companion. Isn't and that a partner? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, do you think I want a new husband? <laughs> oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, and I do like names like Colin, Derek, Dave. Do you think we introduced him to John earlier briefly, didn't we, your other half? And I couldn't decide, I think John liked him. Oh, I think John maybe felt, and I may be wrong here, Lucy, but I feel he's quite a pragmatic, practical man. Mm. And he almost looked at Raymond and thought, but you don't quite fit the idea of what the dog should be. No, I thought that as well. <laughs> He doesn't, I don't think he likes attractive looking dogs. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I think he's insecure. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He wants uh, one that looks a bit mangy. He wants to rescue one. He wants that messiah complex. So I want to talk about, so we're in this beautiful area of West Yorkshire, which is so leafy and you moved here, um, you and John, Partly for sort of family reasons, really, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. John really didn't want to bring our daughter up in London. What we wanted, we wanted her to have a Yorkshire accent. 
and now because she watches a lot of Netflix, it's like a Yorkshire American accent. <laughs> so she'll say, she'll literally say, "Ear mum, shall we put the trash out?" <laughs> like that. And there's these little words. It's like, like we've took her to LA a lot. You know, she says like, "Oh, that's sassy," and, th- and it's just all come from Netflix. So, but yeah, we're, we're near family, and we're, we're both northern, and yeah, it felt the right thing to do. I mean, I want to be back in London, really, but I do, I do like being able to be in people's lives more. I don't know. I mean, we, what do you want? Nice coffee or to see your granddad more? It's hard to decide. Isn't it? It's nice for you to have a sort of support network, not that far away, isn't it? As oh, well, totally. Yeah, it means you can work more. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, I, hopefully she's, she'll have the best of both worlds. Cause yeah. We, we spend a lot of time in different places. She's, she's used to travelling. You know, we're, we're always all over the place in Airbnbs. My mum said, you don't really need your own house because you just go in Airbnbs, you know. Oh, we yeah. could actually just go from one to another. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's lovely. And, I mean, we live in an, a nice area, but, you know, We've seen a big difference in the north, you know. Um, some areas really sort of changing and growing and becoming really exciting. And then other places, you know, really declining. Mm. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's still a lot of work to be done in the north, I think, compared to the south. Well, I know this is a nice area because... The bins are absolutely immaculate. Oh, yeah. And they're all equidistant, equally equidistant. Oh, yeah. Well, it's this street in particular, This everyone's retired. So there's a keeping up with the Joneses. Do you know? Oh, yeah, you're right. It's the etiquette, isn't it? You're meant to put the handles out front. I suspect there's a man, Lucy, who lives here, who comes out and he goes, <gasps> and he just moves it half an inch. Yeah, it's John. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to your childhood. You were actually born in Cornwall, technically, weren't you? Yeah, just for the day. Well, the legend goes that she went to doctors and said, my mum said, you know, that her parents wanted to take her on a caravan holiday. And he said, well, it's fine because you've got six weeks till you give birth. And he said, actually, it'd be good for you, a bit of sun. And my mum thinks, because she was like in the sun a lot, that he brought on, you know, brought on labour. So she had me six weeks early, so that's why. And so they weren't prepared, so they didn't have anything. And that's why when I was... I mean, it's mad what you can get away with in the 80s, but they didn't have anything to take me home in for the car journey back up to Hull. Because they were on this camping holiday? Yeah, so my, my granny went in a... She went in a fruit and veg shop and got a, a, a wooden box that was apparently in the shape of a cradle. Uh, that said, thank goodness for fresh eggs on it. <laughs> and I came, I came home in that, in the car. That's what they put me in. And your parents at that point, they were together, weren't they? And then they split up. Were you about two or something? Yeah, yeah. It was just one of them things. They've got strengths in other areas. What did they do, your parents? Oh, well, my mum... Well, the, my mum at that time worked, um, she did set, she, she did set design for, well, she, she met my, my dad went to art college in Hull, he's from Muswell Hill in, um, in North London, and my mum worked at the art supply shop in Hull, and she, she sort of um, flirted with him when he went in to get his equipment, <laughs> and that was that, and then he, I think he got her a job in TV down south, so she did um, set design. So she worked on like, uh, you know, um, Saturday Superstar and going live and stuff like that. And uh, I think she, she helped make the set for Only Fools and Horses. And really? Yeah, my dad worked in post-production, so he did a lot of the title sequences and um, and things, yeah. So oh, when, when it was all done by spray, you know, um, they didn't, the graphics were all sort of done by hand back then. Hello. Oh, Lucy, look, Ray's met a friend. Aww. Little Westy. Yeah. What's yours called? Barney. Oh, Barney, this is Raymond. Oh, I know Raymond, that's a good name. <laughs> 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 what is he? 
Good question. <laughs> um, he's a Shih Tzu, actually, oh. but he's just a small one. That's what threw me. Roller coat. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> really nice to meet you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Oh, so, so when you were growing up with your mum, who was a single parent, you were in, this was in Hull, right? Yeah. And did, tell me about your childhood with your mum. Did you, did, you didn't have pets, did you? What sort of a home was we it? We had a hamster, um, called Houdini, that used to escape. And on a night, it used to, it used to run about. And one night, my mum was watching X-Files and it, and it ran along the back of the sofa. And my mum thought it was an alien and she hit it and it died instantly on the spot. Oh which no, poor Houdini. Awful. And we had, we had, cat, we had a cat. And when we moved, my mum let it out too early and it ran away and we, we never saw it again. <laughs> so you weren't really a sort of a pet family, what I call a kind of dog family? Oh, no. <laughs> and no. But you, you grew up... Did your grandparents help with bringing you up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum, yeah, my mum's life was, yeah. I mean, it, it, it settled down, but... My, my mum was like, I mean, really, because she was young. Look, I can, I can so much more appreciate stuff because cause she had me when I was 21 and she was a young 21 as well. You know, really, she still did want to go out in her 30s and she's really so, just a really social person. So I had like, um, I had like great influences, really. That was, with my mum, it was always a bit hectic and spontaneous and and fun and then with my granddad and granny that was because they were older you know and they retired early you know so that was very um traditional and calm and and yeah and look yeah so i i i've had the best of both worlds we i had a lot of people who used to look after me because my mum had to work you know um a lot of really amazing people really who were all really funny uh, barbara a lady who lived around the corner used to look after me and and again, you know, older, so I, I can tell people when they've had a, when they've been brought up by grandparents. In the past, I've been able to say, "Were you? Are you just? I don't know. There's, there's like a, I don't know. There's a, I, can't, I can't put my finger on like not like a, a wisdoms maybe. There's just something a little bit old-fashioned sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I call I call it Nana's kids, and yeah. it's these kids raised by. Yeah, like an older generation. Do you think it's a kind of formality and... Yeah, or like a, a calm, because I think that generation, they sort of bring you up very different. They're not, sweat, they don't sweat the small stuff as much, you know, and yeah. they're very, they're, yeah, yeah. I think it's different for everyone, but yeah, no, definitely, there is. <laughs> there so what did that mean for you as a kid? What sort of a... Looking at back at yourself now that, especially now you've got a daughter yourself, how would you describe yourself as a kid? As a kid, well, I, I grew up quite quickly, really, because my mum, uh, my mum, my mum got diagnosed with Asperger's um, la just last year, as as a lot of older women did, because I think they'd had time to think and reflect, and yeah, um, yeah, and and so we didn't know that then, but sometimes we were more like sisters and my mum needed my mum sort of sometimes had to sort of let me look after her really she she slipped all her discs in her back uh, when I was in primary school and, and couldn't walk for a year so I was a bit like a carer really um, for, for, for a few years but we've had a, got a great relationship because it's when you're in a single parent family you sometimes play all the roles. It's not like those other roles go. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you're playing siblings and father figures and mother, and it all swaps around. And I think emotionally, you, sometimes you might have to grow up, you know, especially like if they're going, you know, they go, go into relationships and they break up and actually you're the one there to, to pick up the pieces in a way. Yeah. Um, so I, I was emotionally very, very, um, very mature from such a young age. 
Were you funny as a kid? I'm always interested in at what point people who went on to be funny for a living yeah. understood that they had, that was currency and that they had funny bones. With, with me, I don't always want to be funny. I, sometimes I like to be serious, you know, I don't, I can, but then I find the more I try to be serious, the more, <laughs> the more I end up doing some stupid, you know, I can't, I, I can't help it. It's, I, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. <laughs> I'd like to be, you see, I don't know how John's ended up really funny, but also with really great common sense and I think you, you twat, you know, how did you end up? <laughs> because I just can't help but being a clown. It just, I just end up getting myself into ridiculous situations, you know. The, the comedy tends to find me. I don't really, I mean, like the I mean, the other day, it's the timing of these things. My mum was staying with us and he'd been doing a documentary called Trash Monsters and so he was quite worthy telling us how we shouldn't waste food and you know this and he had all these facts and figures and with that the doorbell went and it was our um, our supermarket delivery and I don't know well I do know how I'd done it I meant to order one lettuce but I'd put in two ones and I'd ordered 11 lettuces <laughs> <laughs> and me and my mum had to try and hide them round the house so he didn't know and she put one in the blooming washing machine oh, no. and then he went to do a wash <laughs> And he went mad at me and then the next week I did it again. I forgot to change the order. <laughs> we had 22 lettuces in two weeks. <laughs> when you were a kid, you know when you do something funny and you're aware of a room laughing, you're aware of everyone going, oh, that, you know, you feel that sense of, it's nice to get that applause and that sense of, oh, people like me when I make them laugh. This is a nice atmosphere in the room. You know, did you have, were you cracking jokes or... Was it, as you say, just you'd do something and was surprised that people would find you funny? Yeah, yeah, I always did. I always was a bit of um, a, a class clown in, in secondary school. And then I think like a lot of comedians, you find that it's actually can be a bit of security because if you can make someone laugh, they're not going to beat you up. <laughs> do you know? So you, it did develop during high school. Especially, I mean, it wasn't a rough school, but it was a school that was, um, it, 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 it was quite, just like, felt very northern, like you were judged on how hard you were or how good you were at rugby and nothing else, you know, no, no, no room for creativity. Um, so yeah, I did, I did learn it then. And then I remember my, un my uncle saying to me, I'd, me and my mum was having a tricky time just because I was a teenager and he said if you make a laugh you'll get away with anything and and I, I sort of I think that's when I started testing it out more but we've always had been able to we've had a lot of sort of ups and downs my mum you know it's, life's been quite hard some, in some in some respects mm. so we've she's hilarious and she we've always used humour the whole family have we're one of them families where we we lean on we can lean to quite dark humour in in quite um, pressured situations. It's so true. I have a really similar. It sounds like quite similar in some ways because my mum, again, single parent, and even though my sister was around, or well, when she was, it was a similar thing in that she was an actor. I suppose what I'm saying is I understand. There's a real closeness that you get that I don't think you possibly do with the two parents structure do you in the set yeah. quite the same way no I, I mean yeah definitely I think especially if you're brought up to be expressive like to to discuss your emotions even if it's Lucy dog waste look Listen, oh, can yeah. I just say what an absolutely stunning dog waste really um contraption do you know I've never thought of it like that <laughs> what what is it that makes it stunning <laughs> It's quite, is it like that industrial chic? I love it. Do you want me to try and get you it? <laughs> Do you want, I mean, we could... I mean, maybe empty it first, Lucy. I think, you know... Hello. If I got in touch with the local church, can we <laughs> see something? Let's let Raymond down. He said good day. I might oh. be an Australian in our midst. Everyone's very friendly. 
So go on. We, so we were talking about your childhood, and I get the sense as a kid, though, you know, you've talked about this, and John's referred to it, and you mention it in your book as well, which I like, but you, you, there's a nice phrase you use. You say, I've seen a few sunsets, and I've, I've drunk some hard liquor. And I get the sense you had quite... You did some partying and had fun in your youth, oh didn't you? Oh, my God, certainly. That's why I'm so sensible now. Because I, <laughs> I, sh- I, worried, I worried that I'd overdone it. But, yeah, I, I was big. I was, a, I was a big raver, massive raver. I, I, I never really liked drink, so I was really glad that there was drugs, really. You know, <laughs> that you didn't have to... I did, you know, that it was like... It's just... I just had a great time, really, all through my 20s. I, I don't regret, you know, I don't regret anything. I just lived in the moment and had really good friends and just listened to really good music and, and danced a lot and had fun. So I just, but now I'm like into having like carrot and orange juice in the morning and getting like. I'm just asleep. waiting. I'm waiting oh. for Raymond. I'm so sorry. Look, I might have to no, pick him up. Right. He's so small. Is he intelligent? No. Oh, is he not? Ah. Oh. <laughs> I wondered if he was like absorbing it. Does so, he think that you're his mummy, or yeah. are you more like a business partner? <laughs> like, what is the arrangement between you? Business partner. You know, some of them they are just like they love the owners, and some they're just tolerate. <laughs> I want him to think that the world would be awful without me because then he'll stay with me oh he's not gonna but the dirt the loyal out the dogs they're not like cats that's why i prefer them you see do you have cat you don't have a cat i just had that cat that disappeared (laughs) but i did look oh no i did i did have that's awful of me i did have another little cat with a previous relationship and then left and eat it, it, that was a lovely cat. But I had the trauma, you see. And this is what I'm worried about with dogs, because when we went to get the kitten from a litter, it it made such horrendous crying noises when we took it away from its mother that I oh. had no idea about. I didn't even think. Yeah. It's made me very worried about taking a puppy away from its mother. And I know that they almost forget, don't they? And they do settle, but just the thought of that I find quite hard. Yes, that can be tricky, but then I just think that's why I spoil him. And they do, they do forget, <laughs> and they, they get rejected as well sometimes by the mother anyway, don't they? She couldn't have given him what I have. Oh gosh, no, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> so, and throughout this time, Lucy, did you, did you feel throughout school and university? Did you, was that the goal always? I want to be, I want to perform? Yeah, yeah, I did a play in year six at primary school and I I got the bug and I really wanted to be an actor, really. And I just, this whole comedy thing's just been a long-winded way of ending up being an actor. (laughs) But I've never quite made it as an actor. I, I, I think I'll constantly still try but I, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm very good at acting. Because <laughs> I think it. I think. I think because because my mum's always said I am. But then I think what I've realised is you. Well, one, my mum's got Asperger's, <laughs> and B, it's your mother. So I, I, I've done some great comedy plays, but I don't think I've ever been good enough to sort of make it big, you know, on TV in acting. Because I've had the I've had the auditions and. Because I, ca- I can only do this Hull accent, you see. <laughs> and I can only do a West Hull accent. I can't even do an East Hull accent. And they always ask for, like... Uh, I went up for an in- uh, casting with uh, a film with Johnny Depp. And they they were so sure. When I walked in, they said, we honestly think you're right for this. And then they said, can you do just sort of a generic sort of... London accent and I, and I tried and I sounded like blooming Mary Poppins what's his name go on I want to hear your London accent you see I'm already getting nervous why don't you just say Raymond can you come here please immediately Raymond can you come here immediately oh I love that. I quite like it I know well 
And then they said, could you do just sort of, don't worry about being London. <laughs> and their faces, because I could tell in the room, they were so animated when I walked in and their faces sort of changed. And then they said, could you just do like, just like, just like, not northern, just like maybe like Midlands, like just so there's not really a hint of, of dialect. And, and I was like, do you, it, like quite middle class? Or, and they were like, well, try it. So I tried to talk like this and I was going like, oh, um, is this okay if I talk like this? And they were like, oh, that's unusual. <laughs> Where is that? And I was like, is it, I don't know, like Cheltenham. I, I just didn't know. And then we, we, we narrowed it down to, to West Hull and then I didn't, I didn't get the role. <laughs> so it's, and someone once said, you're never going to be Juliet in the Irish Sea. And it really made me think maybe they're right, that I'm not ever going to get to do Shakespeare. I think that's an interesting point you said there. In some ways, do you think you, you sort of decided to start doing stand-up? Almost to sort of conquer your, your nerves, I suppose, with performing in a way, with acting. Or to get stage time, was it partly to do with that? It was just simply for money. <laughs> It was because what I what I think I am and what I want to be is a a regional comedy stage actress. I'm I'm most happy being on stage in a comedy play. That that's really what I want to do, and I, and that's what I did do because I think stage acting is a bit different from telly acting. Although you know I'm doing a lot of telly acting in Meet the Richardsons, playing my yeah. playing myself, but. Um, I was. I had a few years of. I just. I loved it. I did. Went from one regional theatre to another, and that, and I thought this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm. You know, it's not. You're not paid great, but it would be enough if you lived in the north. You know, and then the recession hit, and it just. It it just crushed regional theatre, and when it started back up again, they only wanted like soap actors and people oh, with profile. I couldn't even get you know scene you know for stuff and it I, I, I think now I've realized how how hard that was because I was still young yeah. I think I didn't think of, of, of it as like oh my industry's collapsed because I was still so young but but now I do realize that actually that you know so so I, I, I tried to do other jobs I've done every job under the sun the nearest thing I've been happy to, is there is, uh, early years you know working in um, primary schools I enjoyed that but I didn't I, 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 I couldn't have done that as a mm. as a career I, I just I'm, I'm I just ain't got it in me <laughs> I needed to do something performing you just thought oh I'll give this a go you know a lot of people they're held back by yeah I think it was the environment I was in I was in Hull and I was going out with someone in a band and him and his friends and our friends were hilarious, really funny people, amazing banter. And I was practicing without knowing it, but I would, I would, something funny would happen to me. And then I would tell lots of different people and I was sort of making material. And each time I told a new person, I'd sort of adjust the timing or the way I would tell it. So by the end, I had, I, every week I'd have, you know, three or four hilarious stories. And then I was sort of already doing it, you know, just with mates, but it was definitely the people I was around at the time helped to create a persona that I did on stage. And when I started out, I was so alternative. I, I used to have this, well, it was because he used to drive me, but I used to have this guy and he was, without sounding off, he was very overweight and he was uh, very tall, he was like six foot and he used, to, you know, he didn't have very good social skills. That's awful in case he's listening, but Sorry, he used to drive... He sounds quite a catch, Yeah, well, he used to drive me to gigs, but he, what he used to do was just stand on stage with me next to me and he had a little handbag as well, because I had a little handbag and he would not do anything, he would just be there. But then he was saying that like, if we make it big that he wanted to split up the money half I thought it's getting a bit awkward now because he doesn't actually do anything, you know. I'd pay him for his, <laughs> for his travel and stuff. But I definitely had a persona, you know. I used to do this persona of like a, 
sort of like one of the girls that I'd maybe worked in a factory with where they're like naive and a little bit awestruck about everything and so it helped like to create like a material that was quite surreal and a little bit skewered and and then you came on my radar I guess after you once so you th there was so you think you're funny you were involved in that and I just remember suddenly everyone was talking about you and at the Edinburgh Festival there was just your name was everywhere and um that was sort of when you you broke through really wasn't it yeah yeah broke through and did a you know did what i think was a really good first edinburgh show and then slightly lost my way a bit but more just because i met john i was starting a family sort of yeah and it was sort of becoming quite comfortable really because the, the drive for me in the beginning was just to try and make money because i I just was penniless. I had, you know, I just had, I didn't, I had nothing. You know, I moved down to London just literally with a few bin liners and worked, you know, worked, worked in the daytime and gigged every night. And so the, I really needed that um, BBC New, New Comedy Award I won because, you see, what's changed so much is back then, I mean, that was like 2012, it was still so sexist, like unbelievably sexist i couldn't get gigs because they didn't you know whatever they say now a lot of promoters they don't like female comics they can pretend they do but they don't they didn't they met they, they got into promoting because they wanted to hang around with funny men that's why a promoter becomes they didn't do it because they wanted to um you know <laughs> put the spotlight on minorities in you know they didn't they wanted to hang around with men that looked and sounded like a funnier version of them. Do you think there's an element of having to prove yourself as a woman on stage? Oh God, yeah. And sometimes more to, to other women. Other women are, are the, you know, can, can be the... I, I find men laugh more at my stuff than women, to be, to be honest. Oh no, it's totally like that. I mean, I, when I, I've started to be more myself when I do stand up now. I'm just starting to get back into it because I want to I want to tour again, really, um, ne next year. Um, but when, when I started, I always... I, I, they used to laugh at me sometimes at, backstage at gigs because I used to come in and take all my makeup off and put my hair back and put, like, a silly coat on. I just didn't want, like, anyone to, like, be thinking, do I want to fuck her or not? You know, because that's sort of... When a female comedy comedian comes on stage... People, because every every woman is a sexual, you know. Either do I want to sleep with her or don't, don't I? You know, and the women are, does does he want to does does my husband want to sleep with her or don't you know? It's mad. So I just didn't want to. And I think people warm to me because I can. I think I looked a bit more vulnerable. <laughs> and I I get I still get nervous now on stage. You know, that's why I, I always have to have the mic on a stand because I can't. I mean, I was so nervous back then, like, my knees would wobble. I could hear people go, oh, bless her, you know. <laughs> I've never... It's the adrenaline. I just, like, I, I still find it so nerve-wracking. But I, I just knew I had to try it, you know. And I, it's... It don't... Being on stage doing... Doing stand-up still doesn't come easy to me you know I'm I, every time I feel like I'm putting myself in the firing line the, the comedy does you know mm. but actually being that exposed is still you know hard <laughs> I don't know why I put myself through it but when it goes well it's it's the greatest fe feeling in the world you know when everyone is uh you know laughing you know really laughing I wanted to talk about your book, which I loved, and to bring us up to date with the book, which starts, well, it starts when you meet John, doesn't it? So yeah. do you, let's talk a bit about that. Um, you and John met through Rasheen Connolly, essentially. Yeah. She's got that, um, she's got that Irish third eye thing, I think, you know, she's, it's in her genes. As you can tell she's got and she she I think she had a feeling she just had a feeling that we'd we'd get on and cause there's that hilarious 
star of that. John, John's you was in, in his stand-up because it is so bizarre because she gave him my number at a party and he belligerently put it in his phone. Why and, belligerently? Well, because he didn't want to be with anyone. He said, I'll make someone unhappy. <laughs> so he put, he, he's a jerk. He was never going to ring me, but he put, put my number in his phone as my wife to annoy her and then didn't and then a year went by and then we did meet and we got on and so when we went to swap numbers I <laughs> he gave me his number and I rang his phone and we were in his car so it came up on bluetooth on his dashboard my wife and I was I was so I thought this man's a psychopath <laughs> an absolute psychopath I couldn't work it out I was so <laughs> And I quickly, you know, jumped out the car and was like, what just happened? <laughs> but how bizarre, yeah. Oh, really meant, maybe. You and John do seem such a idea, so ideally suited. And you found each other. She helped you on your way. Yeah, yeah, we, we got on very quick. I think we've had a share, we understood each other's sort of childhood we'd had a sim in some ways a similar a similar childhood where yeah and yeah and, and the comedy you know um I, I'm quite difficult being at different um stages of a comedy career that sometimes was, was quite hard in what way well he he knew what was ahead for me but I necess- I didn't necessarily know what was it? And, and, and even just little things, like I'm, I'm a very independent person, but I was earning zero and he was on good money and that thing mm. of like wanting to go hard, you know, like, no, I don't want to, you to pay for, I want to pay, you know, but think, things like that. Um, and, and just the amount you have to work. To, when you see people doing well, you know, on TV, I mean, you can see. I mean, how hard you have to work to be a big name on, and and you know, it's just relentless. You know, it's it's hard, really hard. Edinburgh's hard, and and touring is hard, and 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 trying to be a funny presence on TV on a lot of things is is really tough. Sometimes those environments, particularly those panel shows like Eight Out of Ten Cats, I. I think they're terrifying. I think it's a craft. I've never enjoyed, I've never come off a, a pat, I've not done that many for that reason really. But I've, the ones I've done, I've never come off and thought, oh, I've, I've smashed that, <laughs> you know. But get, get me in a room with, you know, 800 people. I'm, I'm best with big, bizarrely, my material is really good at, with, in front of big audiences. Interesting. Because it, they're quite direct gags, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm better like that, but I mean, I, I enjoy writing, so I, I tried to, when I started looking like I was making a bit of a name for myself, I sort of stepped back and concentrated on writing, and my thing was that if I got offered a sitcom, I wanted to have learnt the craft of writing, and I couldn't do both, so I, that's why I did radio for three series, and before that I just studied sitcom I'm more wanting, you know, to be a writer, performer than a TV personality, if you know what I mean. And I know there's people who do both. I don't know how they do it, but I've sort of like, yeah, sometimes I need to just take myself off and, and write for a few months, you know. I think you seem this sort of, you know, you're very warm and sunny natured. Yeah. Do you do you find writing lonely Sometimes. No, I love it. But do I, you? My mum, you know, obviously my mum's a writer and yeah. she, and yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I love it because I don't find it lonely because you're in the heads of these characters, you know, and, and I mean, I, I, they come to life to me, but they become real people and like when we finished to Hull and Back and I've just done the one for Channel 4, that's going to be out in January. Yes, I heard about that. That's so exciting, Lucy. But it's like those people have died. It's like, I, I have a great sense of loss when you have to hand it over because I like to stay with them, you know. And I'm, I, I'm, I feel like I've lost friends because I can't write them anymore. <laughs> it's really weird. Tell me about 
I love at the beginning of the book, one of the things I really liked was that you talk about meeting John Richardson and when you met John, it seems to me as though you were quite bold and forward in saying, look, do you want kids? Yeah. And I have such respect for that and I think it's great that you talk about that in the book because I think women need to do that more. I yeah, think yeah. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just was totally ruled by my hormones. I, I'd <laughs> met him and he had a semi-detached house in Surbiton and he had a mortgage and a pension and he was a good driver and he'd never been in debt. And I was like, right, have a child with me then because I'm like 30, what was I then? 36, 37 or something. And what did you say? I just said, uh, what, oh, I think we should have a child now. <laughs> what does he say? Uh, obviously he resisted for a while because we hadn't known each other long. And then <laughs> he caved in after a while to pressure. But so we, we, did, we did everything. We got married and, and he said, I work. And, and he said, well, I'm not going to have a child with you till we get married. And I said, I don't want to get married. Why didn't you want to get married? I've never, I just didn't like, I just didn't, the whole idea of marriage, for me personally, I just think it's, I, I, I think I've thought that when you get married, it puts a pressure on the relationship and the relationship might not be able to thrive as much. And the whole thing of like your dad handing you over and like, just and having to like, that is like, it's like a legal thing. Like how, I don't, get how love and legal thing like if you love someone you just stay with them and if you if you fall out of love then you leave and why all oh, the idea of that you know but we we both come from you know we our parents were together you know so we, we find it weird now we've realized that we don't have that much you know we almost bring our daughter up like we're both single and we've oh. had to realize and go Oh right, no, we can do stuff together. Even the our most sort of visceral experience is just with one parent at a time. How fascinating! Because my thing is wanting to take her away on my own, and he's is he's is the same. Why don't we take a picture of Ray and Lucy on this? Because this looks very countryfied. Yeah. It's do you think he'll fall off, Lucy? Would you Aww. hold him so he doesn't fall off? Have you ever wanted to put him on your head and? Pretend that it's a wig. Have you ever put him on your head? I, I just worry that if I got after a couple of proseccos, I would be putting him on my head. You know, so like his fair look like my fringe. I suit a brunette, you see. I would be so tempted. To... You're gorgeous, aren't you? That's such a calming influence, isn't it? Mm. Does he make you feel calm when you're with him? He is the only thing. He's made me probably about 50% less neurotic. Wow. Oh, he's listening. <gasps> Tell me why you decided to write the book. I'd wrote a story about an, um, a woman who has an invisible frog in her pocket and wanted it to be a pocketbook. So my agent got in touch with a publisher and he sort of said, I don't really think. <laughs> and he said, is it a children's book? I said, no, it's a pocket book and it's, it, it'll be rude. And I said, I want to sell it in WH Smith's. And he said, it's not going to work. You've oh. just gone a bit. It's just because you're in lockdown. <laughs> and he said, but if you want to write a book, an actual proper book, I'd be interested in that. And I thought, well... The, my, my, the, the last show I did was about parenting and I mm. thought that I could do a, a funny parenting book yeah. and I thought, gosh, I, I clever and canny, no one else... This, are we going this way? Straight up, yeah. No one else has thought about writing a book in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the only one to use this time wisely because <laughs> nothing else is happening. And then, of course, everyone's wrote a book. Yeah. Um, but as I got into it, because I'd, I'd, I'd kept a diary, so I used a lot of the diary entries. And then as I started writing, I was like, I don't just want to 
be funny all the time. I want to just be totally honest. Yeah. Because when I started looking back into the birth and stuff, and yeah, I just wanted to be honest. And I, I wrote it, you know, I, I already, as I say, I already had a lot of diary entries. And I, I wrote the book on a night and it, it's got a flow to it where it's all down to, without, I mean, I know men hate discussing stuff talking about stuff like this but it's all linked to my cycle and I just however I was feeling I let that set the turn of the book so when I read it back I could see there were some funny bits and then some bits where I was angry or sad or melancholy or but I I, I enjoy I really enjoyed the process of it I couldn't work out if it was just for people who were, who were having children or had had children or if 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 you know if it but I wanted to very much keep it about 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 parenting just because it, like, it just, I've just found it so so hard and wonderful and funny and testing and you know I just think there is still room for women discussing yeah. how That's they really. feel really so yeah yeah so if it, if it yeah so I'm, I'm and it's also your experience and I think I don't know, like back in the day, you'd get men, let's say Clive James or whatever, would just say, oh, my essay's on life. And there wouldn't be no explanation for why he was writing those. It was like, this is what I think about things. Mm. Whereas it's sort of like, I really like that, that women are saying, well, this is what I think about things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The more, it's like, that's your experience. And, you know, for, for a long time, there was that attitude of, oh, women, they talk about periods and stand-up or that terrible old cliche that they and you sort of think well yeah but that's that's what happens to them yeah so they might talk about stuff that happens to them that's all right we'll all talk about things that happen to us yeah you know (laughs) oh yeah I mean the climate has just changed massively like but I think for for me particularly um Sarah Millican and Catherine Ryan, because when they were becoming big and getting through on TV and stuff, I was still gigging, and I actually saw um, gigs being able to be easier because they've gone, well, she's on, she's consistently funny, and she is, and there, and so let's give let's give females a chance. It, they did a lot, they really did. I remember emailing Sarah and saying like oh, how bad a gig had gone and what wants and you know how sexist it was and she was really good she didn't let me sort of wallow in it she said there's a lot of reasons why you know a gig can go badly and don't don't let it don't let sort of external things you know she's like you know learn from it what you can do better and and move on but oh yeah there's just too many to say but totally the, the one that affected me the most was I did the Leicester Mercury competition, the new competition, Ramesh won that year. And then, um, I won't name who it was, but a reviewer, like a well-known comedy reviewer, reviewed all the acts, and they were all men, apart from me. And all the other men, he said how funny they were, what type of comedian they were, like give you a, a flavour of them. And with me, he only discussed how I looked. And I was so annoyed. I was so, like, it really, I've had so many bad experiences, but there was something about that one that mm. just pushed it. But as I say, it's different worlds. It's just, things are different now. It's not like it was, you know, back then you, when I did that tour, I would go on BBC, you know, like a regional radio, BBC radio, like, you know, somewhere in the country in Leicester or somewhere. And the first thing that the um, that the interviewer would say was, do you think women are as funny as men? But And it was like, oh, come on, mate. I've got to go and do a, a gig <laughs> in an hour for 300 people. Don't put that in my head. Oh, look, Lucy, I'm going to have to pick him up. Oh, of course. Do you think this would annoy John? And does yeah. it annoy you? Yeah, because it annoys him when I dawdle. So Does it? Do you dawdle? Yeah. yeah. I just forget things and. Do you? Yeah. I've, yeah. Need to write stuff on my phone and I'm late and 
I can't find my cash card. And so am I. It's just like something what? about keys, cash card, and phone charger. Just I totally, I just know that I'm not going to change <laughs> because I can't, you know. And like I've, I can say what I'm good at, you know. Like I can keep the kitchen clean and the living room, but I have a problem with hanging clothes. Up. <laughs> Can't, like and it get and I, it's not like I like it like that. I hate it, but I can't. It, it's almost like if I was to do it, I worry that I would maybe die because then everything would be done. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Of like, well, what would be the point if you had everything organised? Then why would why would you carry on needing to live? Like, I can't. There's some sort of thing in my brain that I I think I create it, and I don't know why. But mostly, it's just, I'm in a rush and I'm thinking about something else. I think that's what it is. Kylie Minogue says she's got a phobia, and I think that's a really clever way of saying she's got a phobia of coat hangers. I think, why didn't I think of that? Because that's a really clever way of saying I don't want to put my own clothes away. You said, I want to talk about Meet the Richardsons, which is the show that you do with John Richardson, your husband, and... It's so brilliant, Lucy, and obviously it's much loved and much celebrated and it's well, you how would you describe it? Oh yeah, I mean it it's um it's been just a joy. It, we we did a programme called Married to a Celebrity on Channel Four and it and it and it was the first time we'd done stuff together and it was just felt so natural and I think I was it's the most at ease I've been on on TV, you know, and um, and it was just you know it was fun because it was just airing our dirty laundry on TV, and we, because we're because we're comedians and we we sort of have funny banter at home all day, it was just like second nature, you know. We, without being funny, we could just sit and talk and just you know it'd be fairly comical. We don't really have to do any planning for it which is great for us you know that we we can just turn up and stuff will come out of our mouths that'll be be funny and so Lee Hupfield really is fabulous Lee um he's like he's just like he's like us he, he could be related to me he's you know Birmingham really working class family and but he's just been in tv for years um he he thought it would make a good like a fly on the wall sort of, mm. you know, pretend documentary. But it's a, it's a family sitcom, and I, I think at the beginning we sort of publicised it as a documentary. And I don't think we need to. I think we can just be honest and say it's, it's a sitcom. A lot of the incidents, you know, it's, you can tell it's stuff that's happened. That's loosely based on incidents in your real life that you know, like the cans in the lager cans that you were picking up for the, you know, just to be a good citizen. And you put in your pram. Yeah. <laughs> and then later, you're with a friend you were desperately trying to impress. <laughs> As you saw the cans. Yeah. That really happened. I died. But because that was the same mum that a couple of days before, an olive had fallen out my dress. And I didn't, I should have just explained to her that my daughter had, I thought she'd <laughs> ate it, but she'd put it in my in my bra. Oh, Lucy, it's pretty here. Oh, I know. Oh, look at this. Lovely, isn't it? So this is a local sort of village. This is the village hub, the hub of the village, yeah. You said that you're quite confrontational. I like that. It's because I'm from Hull. I'm really, really Hull. And I don't realise (laughs) till I meet people who aren't from Hull and who I am, I am warm-hearted and confrontational, and that is what people from Hull are like. We're lovely, but we're like, oh, come here, give us a hug, you know. It's like, and I've been brought up very Hull, you know, where you say what you feel and you get your feelings out and you have a row and then it's all better. I think you'd be a good friend, Lucy. Oh, I am a good friend, yeah. I, I mean, because I, of this type of bloody career I've got I miss out on a lot of things you know yeah because but my friends are really good good about it I, I'm very protective of I'm protective of everyone I feel like I've got killer instincts I've always been very good you know if there's been a fight or someone's like needs help I don't seem to know, understand that I'm a five foot one 
woman. I, I, when I get the adrenaline, I feel like I can I could kill somebody. I, I don't have any. I mean, I've worked in so many rough nightclubs and stuff where you've had to be a bit. You know, you, you've had to be able to look after yourself a bit. So you I like done, that. I you've done like, a lot of um, sort of. I, you know, proper jobs, really, I call them, you know, like, yeah. as you can, low-paid service jobs. And, you know, I find it's the thing that I think prepared me for life more than any other thing, any other job, was working in those jobs because it taught me, I had resilience, I sort of had a work ethic, it was like, we just got to get on and do it. Oh, yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, I did, I started, um, I was about... 13 or 14 I was a Saturday girl at my uncle's hairdressing salon and he paid me a pound an hour and then I used to spend it all on makeup at his shop and he used to have to give me my bus fare. And you worked in Asda? Worked at Asda on cooked chickens, yeah, when all my mates were 50 divorcee women on HRT. I used to go <laughs> clubbing with them. They used to look after me. It was like being in a sitcom. Because I was like, they, and it happened when I was a cleaner as well, I was cleaning with women. And I want, it was the same sort of thing. They, they, it's like working on, it's the equivalent of working on a building site with men that they, they decide who you are and that will never change, do you know what I mean? And I was like the idiot. Yeah, it's like your Spice Girl persona. Yeah. You were like idiot Spice. Yeah, who they had to look after. Because <laughs> I want, when I was cleaning, I, I I went early and cleaned all these plants on this balcony and they weren't real, they were plastic. And so after that, I got, they wouldn't, she wouldn't give me a tea or coffee. We used to have a tea break and she brought warm Rabina in for me. And I never could say, can I have tea and coffee like all the other people? But she decided that I, I was a, a child, basically. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't have a warm drink, could only have warm Rabina. Tell me, I think I can tell, having met, having seen you and John together, you can just tell that you're so suited, aren't you? Yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> a lot of ways. I mean, we are, we are, we really argue. We, I think we're still, I, I don't, yeah, I think we, I think we're sort of not worried, you know, we, I think we're, yeah, we're well suited and, you know, there's no, yeah, I think we think we'll grow old together, but we we, we do argue. But I, I don't think that's a bad a bad thing. Sometimes my granny always used to say, "You know, you need to argue because if you don't, mean one, it's one person keeping the mouth shut, and that's not good." So. And out of obviously parenting, again, you talk about this a lot in your book, but I get the sense that John is your good cop; he's bad cop a bit more like he's a bit more of the disciplinarian yeah he's 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 a really good parent <laughs> <laughs> he's better than me he's just it's just hard because he's better than me at most things um but you you do get used to it uh, but yeah he's he's really really good he's he's maybe almost too he's they're, they're best mates he doesn't he wants to play with Elsie he doesn't want anyone else to play with her he doesn't want her to have friends he wants to he's going to be heartbroken when she but and I'm more and he knows I'm right I'm more like let her go and play you know if she has friends round he's there and I'm like it, you'll know if they need you because they'll cry <laughs> sit then, here you know maybe that's good because they say you give you should give kids roots and wings yeah. So he's giving her the roots and you're trying to strap some wings on a bit? Yeah, yeah. Because she just, all she wants to do is just play with her dad, which is fine now. But when she's 15, <laughs> we need that to stop. And with, with arguments, who's the first one to say I'm sorry generally? Do you say I'm sorry? I used to, always, because I'm the only one who does anything wrong. <laughs> this is what we'll go to, we'll, we, I think we will go and have therapy about. <laughs> I think we're at that stage. It's seven years, so because he doesn't apologise for anything, and he doesn't, he, no, he can't ever say. He doesn't want to say that he's done something wrong. And his thing is, well, I don't do anything wrong. And then I'm, so I'm hoping a therapist will go, 
because I, obviously I want to see a female therapist. I want to see a female therapist that already decides that she likes. Is there a way you can win them over when you go to couples therapy? I mean, I'm really worried about whatever, because I want her to instantly go, I'm on your side. Oh. Everything's a competition with us. Ray, this is so, Lucy, I've loved our walk today. What lovely company you are, what a lovely woman you are. Oh, thank you. I so really, you. I really like you. Oh, thanks, <laughs> I really like you. Oh, yeah, if you ever want to meet in Highgate. I feel a bit shy, like, oh. you know when you're in the playground? And I really think Lucy's book is so brilliant, incidentally, and I really recommend you read it yourself, just because it's funny and entertaining and brilliant, and buy it for a friend, it's perfect. It's called Drinking Custard by Lucy Beaumont, and we should say the whole thing. You say the whole thing, Lucy. It's called? Uh, Drinking Custard, uh, Diary of a Confused Mum. Or is it Tired Mum? <laughs> um. And what do you, what's your view on Ray? We've had our walk with Ray now, and I've taken him out. So I think Elsie probably wants the dog. You seem keen. John seems like he could be persuaded. Well, we'll share Raymond with you, if you want. This could be his northern retreat. Will you get one now? Yeah, I'm we, totally. We, 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 we want to go to Disney. We, need, we, we promised we'd take her to Disney World. So after, after that, I, I want a dog. Well, Raymond's really enjoyed it. Raymond, will you say goodbye to Lucy? Bye-bye. <gasps> Hello, darling. It was lovely to meet you. Aww. It was lovely. He's gorgeous, isn't he? It was very lovely to meet you, Raymond. Oh, that is how he'd speak as well, isn't it? That is his voice. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed listening to that and do remember to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes.